So let's just say, look, I'm actually interested in finding a naturopath, going to see a chiropractor. What they found were them, they followed them through time and only 15% of those had actually taken an action and made an appointment or made a buying decision in the first nine months. So if you don't, this is what I come back to before, if you don't have a follow-up sequence that goes for nine months or longer, then you're missing out on 85% of the people that have actually said, I want to come and see you. Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, practitioner-to-practitioner conversations to inspire, mentor, and learn from. Wow. Chiropractor of the Year, Dr. Angus Pike. What a passionate man. Passionate about his patients, his ideal patient, Brendan, and passionate about teaching healthcare practitioners heart-centered marketing strategies so that they can attract and retain high-quality new patients through his community influencer membership program and other online courses that he's designed. So today we focus on two important aspects that will help natural healthcare practitioners to attract new patients. Firstly, the importance of and how to identify and speak to your ideal patient. And secondly, email funnels and strategies. So lots of great stuff for you to learn. Grab something to take notes with and let's get started. And if you could, can you like, share and comment please so that this will then help more practitioners to find this podcast and build our professionalism as an industry. Enjoy today. Marketing's changed exponentially in the past 20 years. Gone are the days when you opened a practice and you took out a, an ad in yellow pages uh, a big one, if you could afford to put one of those big fat ads in there. But now with the digital advances, social media influences, uh, other social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram and so forth, that's really paved the way to give us an incredible opportunity to get ourselves in front of an infinite number of people and strategically attract them to our businesses. So I am Angela Carroll, and this is the Standing on the Shoulders of Giants podcast. And today I have with me Angus Pike. Angus is a chiropractor and he's multi-skilled. He's not just a chiropractor, but he's also passionate about helping practitioners in the natural healthcare industry to excel at what they do. How are you going, Angus? Angela, I'm very well. Thank you for having me a part of the podcast. It's a great honor. I'm excited to chat with you today. Fabulous. And we're actually really pleased to have you along. I think you'll give a lot of great information to a lot of practitioners that sometimes are poking around in the dark and find it difficult to know which is going to be the best solution for them for their needs at the moment. So a couple of little just bits I really want to get in today and have two key focus areas. One is how in the hell do we identify our target patients? You know, there's yeah. a lot of talk about that. And, and for a lot of practitioners, they're not clear on why they need to have a target patient. They're not clear on how to go through the process because I have so many different patients. Do I choose a man? Do I choose a woman? How old should they be? All of those questions. Mm -hmm. So I want to hone down in that area. And the other one I want to talk to you about is email marketing. And the reason I've chosen email marketing over social media marketing is when I talk to a lot of practitioners, collectively, a lot of them are not comfortable with social media marketing. Mm. but there is an alternative and that's the email marketing. And so that I think is something that practitioners are much more comfortable with, but don't have the know-how on how to do it well. Yeah. Great. They're two really wonderful topics that I think um, hopefully by the end of this 30, 40 minutes, as long as we have together there too, that I can provide a bit of clarity in around both of those because 
regardless, shall we, can we just jump into this niche? Yeah, thing? Is that jump okay? in. Jump yeah, in. Let's, let's leap into it. It's what I struggled with first. I, I really, like so many practitioners, I had to get over some real hurdles with regards to this whole marketing thing. You know, I, I started marketing, I was in a very lucky position, more because I was more keen about getting my message out than I was. I'd, I'd built a practice, like you said, 22 years ago when I started in practice, there just wasn't a lot of competition for chiropractors. So I kind of hung up a shingle, you know, I did a good job and was able to build one of those internal referral type sort of practices. And then, uh, it's, it's a very different world, first of all, now, that means this. First of all, there's, there's more competition than ever. So one, there's more chiropractors than ever. And if I'm, let's just say, I just kind of pick the backy neck type sort of area there too. People have, now have the choice of seeing a chiropractor, an osteopath, a physiotherapist, going to the yoga studio, there's Pilates, there's a massage place on every corner. There's, you know, so the, the choice, and then on top of that, they can jump online and try and solve their problems. So mm -hmm. the piece of pie has been divided up significantly more than it ever has beforehand. So the idea, of saying, look, I'm just going to build a practice through internal referrals. That's the way you should have done it in the first place. And only really terrible practitioners need to do marketing. These were all the things that I kind of had in my mind. Um, and it's a myth that first of all, I, I want, I, I want our listeners to understand that your community so desperately needs you. Marketing is first of all, it, it's not about you. It's about all the people in your community who are so desperately looking for a solution that don't know that you as a chiropractor, a naturopath, a Chinese med practitioner, for so many of them, it's not that they're not choosing us. They don't even know that, you know, they are, I just go and get another thyroid medication. Um, you know, I, I just go and do this again, do that. They don't understand that with some simple lifestyle tweaks, that with some help of a practitioner that's really well-skilled in conservative healthcare means, that they can get outrageous results. And yeah. my thoughts are, who the heck are we to keep that secret? Mm. So, the, so first of all, that's, so when, once I got in around that really marketing was really about getting people engaged in a future result that was good for them. There was a definition from Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach. Once that happened, I was like, this is why I start to talk really quickly, Angela, because I get really excited about it. Like that's, <laughs> that's right, you're speaking from the heart. Yeah, that's what marketing is. This is commitment to our community to get them engaged in a future result that's good for them. And us as chiropractors, as natural health practitioners, as naturopaths, Chinese med practitioners, acupuncturists, listen to us. I mean, heck gang, we have a future result that's really good for people. Yeah. You know, yeah. minimal side effects, just mm -hmm. fabulous. So yeah. then I started to study this. And the first thing people often when you study marketing, as they say, first of all, you need to choose your your audience, who's your niche and, and who you're good for. And I went, no, chiropractic, like if you've got a spine, chiropractic is good for you. Like I imagine dentists saying, look, if you've got a set of teeth, you should be going to see a dentist. And I couldn't get my head around because I went, surely the more people I'm talking to, the more effective my marketing would be. So why would I want to narrow it down to, you know, mums or athletes or, uh, you know, corporate world, those kind of things? Because surely I'm talking to less people, so it'll be less effective. And Angela, it took me, I'm a slow learner. It took me the best part of five years to understand um, that when you, and you might hear this, when we try and talk to everybody, we end up talking to nobody. Absolutely. We say I use that phrase when we do our best practice, marketing to everybody's marketing to no one. Yes. Mm. So we have developed these really sophisticated filters in our brains nowadays, and they're developing even more and more quickly. 
you know, when research is done by consumer groups to look at how people flick through the social media platforms and the way they even flick through magazines nowadays, we've developed a level of blindness to advertisements. We can see very quickly whether this is an ad or not an ad. And, and actually, it's not that we're seeing whether this is an ad or not an ad. What we're actually seeing is, is this relevant for me? That's the right. question we're asking. So it's a right. really important to go, your people in your community are scanning through social media and or billboards and anywhere, and they're going, is this relevant to me? Yeah. If it's not relevant to them, we've developed these really sophisticated forms of blindness, which means skip mm. past really quickly without us even realising that that's what we're doing. The way to break through that is that we need to create content, and we'll talk maybe about creating content, but, but we need to be creating content that is for somebody. Now, if, it's, if the message that we're sh trying to put out there is for everybody, then therefore it's for nobody, so everyone flicks past it. Mm -hmm. But let's just say that, you know what, as a chiropractor, I really like helping people with headaches. And that what I've done is I've created a video of, you know, for headaches, but not just for people with headaches, but particularly for, um, let's just say it's mums that yeah. have headaches. And that I'm going to share with them five ways or five things that they can do to help them decrease their headaches naturally. Now, if my video starts off and at the start of the video, I'm saying, hey, listen, are you suffering with headaches? Is it preventing you from being able to look after the kids, manage the household and everything else that you've got going on in your life as well? Are you sick and tired and frustrated of taking Panadol after Nurofen after Panadol? If this sounds familiar, then stick around because in today's video, I want to share five really simple things that you can get started on today that might help you with your headaches naturally. Now, you can bet that when that new mum scrolls through that, when she hears that introduction, one of the things that she's saying is, that's talking to me. That's me. This is valuable to me. And so she stops and she's much more likely to get through the rest of my video. Now, this new mum could equally be, you know, a, a woman who's wanting greater performance at work, on the weekend with her sports, you know, whatever it could be. We could choose whoever we want to. But the very first thing that we need to do is we need to decide who are we talking to. Otherwise, we absolutely get lost. Now, the great news is, is that when you're thinking about your niche market and who you're talking to, we're not handcuffing you in that you have to talk to this person, this person, the only for the rest of your practice. It does, however, make sure, make sense for you to build some authority in around that audience, certainly for the next quarter, at the very minimum. Spend the next 12 weeks. And when I'm talking to practitioners and coaching them as well, I go, what's our focus for this next quarter? You know, it's a nice at the time we're recording this. It's in January. We've gone through a lot of this in December. And said, who's our focus for the first quarter? Is it mums? Is it dads? Is it athletes? Am I doing weight loss? Am I doing thyroid? Am I doing headaches? Whatever it is, it's totally fine. And the great thing is that you get to choose and you get to play that game and you need to build authority about it. It's part of, of branding. And if you think about too, it comes to one of these other points. So one of those points to think about when we try to talk to everybody, we end up talking to nobody. Whenever we're making a buying decision, we're always looking for experts. Mm -hmm. So if I am having an issue, whether it be with my headaches, and I happen to be watching, Angela, some of your social media content, you're talking about diet and inflammation, those kind of things. And then I do the online stalk that we all do. Mm -hmm. I look at your website, I look at your Instagram feed or Facebook or over at uh, LinkedIn, whatever it is, and I see content piece after content piece where you're 
teaching me about how I can manage my headaches, how I can stretch my neck, how I can decrease my stress, how can, all those kind of stuff. I'm like, man, this Angela gal is like, she's an expert and I want an expert. And if I'm thinking about choosing you or just the general naturopath down the road, this, not only could you charge more, make mm -hmm. me travel further, but that's what expert positioning does. Yeah. And the best way to build expert um, uh positioning is by branding law of contraction when we contract we naturally build expertise when we expand we lose that expertise the more things we try and offer uh, and our, now this service doesn't mean we can't offer the other things one of the best examples i saw of this was a plumber who rebranded himself to the hot water expert and so he changed his name to Mr. Hot Water, changed all his van things, all those kind of stuff there too. And he would do a really cool thing, Angela. After he'd come around and fixed your hot water surface, he would sit down and he'd say, Angela, I just want to let you know, I also fix toilets and leaky sinks and blocked drains and all those kind of things. And if you have any of those problems in the future, please don't hesitate to give me a call. But he positioned himself first and foremost as the hot water service, hot water service guy. And he very quickly got known as that person, as the go-to person. And that filled him with really great work also. So when we think about this concept that we need to break through the noise, that all of your community and my community are looking for experts, we need to position you as the expert as well. Mm. The other thing inside of this too is to think about this another, and I'm trying to not to be too cliche with these catchphrases, but general, when we generalize or... Um, generalism that's not even a word what is the word when we're too general yep. that's the death of things specificity is where success is so right now in your community there are not heaps of people that are looking for a naturopath but there are thousands of people that have problems that you as a naturopath could solve I love so that. stop yeah it's when i got this it was just and I, it was, I, I got a little bit of a chill. I went, that's the problem. Yeah. We're spending too much time talking about me as a chiropractor, as a naturopath, as a Chinese medicine practitioner. But so few people could understand, like I talked about before, that if they were going to see a naturopath, that it could help with their thyroid problem, mm -hmm. with their stress, with their depression, with their difficulty sleeping, with their eczema, with, you know, all those kind of things there too. Yeah. So stop talking about naturopathy and start solving people's problems mm. that like if you hit stop now and that's the only thing that you got from today stop talking about insert profession and start to position yourself as a problem solver go narrow and deep with that your marketing will will change your your over time and not long time because you can do amazing things in 12 weeks not in 12 days but you can do amazing things in 12 weeks when you start to build from those frameworks of I'm a problem solver. That's mm. what I'm doing there too. Mm. So we don't have the billion dollar budgets that Coca-Cola and Amazon and these big businesses have to be able mm. to just spew information over, you know, thousands of people to kind of build that kind of authority. So instead the success of, small businesses and small brands going forwards is really going to be narrow, deep expertise, building authority in around that, creating attention and then building from there. Absolutely. I was listening to something just recently and they were talking about target market, target patients and the old concept of having a demographic came from the 1920s when yes. they were limited to how much um, advertising and marketing they could do for budget wise and 
space-wise with our marketing and so forth. And moving away, we still got stuck in this demographic that's not applicable anymore. And the word that these people were using, these experts were using, was aspirations. What, what are my patients' aspirations? So rather than thinking, oh my God, am I gonna be marketing to a 25-year-old woman or a 55-year-old woman, they're very different, but they can have the same aspirations. And yeah. you know, those aspirations, exactly what you were saying before about, they don't wanna go see a naturopath, they wanna see somebody who's gonna get rid of their period pain. They don't wanna yes. see a chiropractor, they wanna see someone that's gonna get rid of their sciatica. You know, whatever yes. it happens to be, is what are their aspirations? And it's not just getting rid of the period pain or the sciatica, it's, it's about having a better quality of life. It's about being able to do the things that they wanna do and succeed and excel where they wanna be and effectively at the end of it all, be joyful. Yes, and I think, because you, you touched on a really important message there too, which needs to be a part of our messaging, which there are, there are two reasons why people come and see us. There's a logical reason, mm -hmm. i.e. my period pain and my sciatica. And we actually, we tell ourselves that's the major reason that our patients are coming to see us or that we're going, but there's an emotional reason underneath that, which is really the, that's the major reason. I, I, I had an experience about a decade ago where I had um, a woman coming to see me and it, it just, the penny dropped so clearly for me. She was, one of those patients like many that I'd seen beforehand, she had some low back pain, her history, she'd had a decade of it. And I was kind of talking to her, I said like, why now? You know, what, what, you know, you've had this problem for a decade, why have you finally come in now? And she was able to answer the question, lots of people can't answer it straight away and we can talk about how we can find out this answer. But she said, I know exactly why now, Angus. She said, the highlight of my days is when I get home from work and I walk with my husband with a busy young family we don't get a lot of time together but we prioritize that 30 minutes walk when I get home from work she said my back is now at the stage I can no longer have that walk anymore now what I realized at that moment is that I could tell myself that she was interested in getting rid of her back pain she wasn't she was interested in getting back to walking with her husband I, whenever I communicated with her from then on, whenever we set our goals and around what she needed to do and why she needed to do it, it was never to get rid of her back pain. It was always to keep her walking or to get her back walking with her husband. In our marketing message and in our content that we're sharing, we need to make sure that we're communicating as much about the emotional reasons as we are about the logical reasons. In fact, we almost need to do it more. I, I kind of said it beforehand. When I said, you know, I was talking about that example of the, of the mm. mum. Mums will put up with their headaches forever until their headaches stop them from being able to look after their families. Now, I know I'm being a bit kind of generalistic with regards to that there too, but when we, as a, as a, as a general rule, many women tend to be just so caring and they'll put themselves uh, at health risk to look after their family. But once it starts to bleed over and stops them being able to do that. And so if you can communicate that message that says, look, this, you, you know, the headaches are not just about this. If you have your headaches, they're preventing you from doing X, Y, and Z. That's the kind of thing we want our community and our potential patients consuming our content and going, oh my God, Angela is talking to me. Like I, and that's, that's how we can create patients when they come in to see us that are like internal referrals. Mm -hmm. They already know us. They already trust us. They already like us because they've watched your videos. They've read your blog posts. They've engaged with you online. And we, when it, one of the things to think about, the whole goal of your marketing is to get more people knowing you, liking you and trusting you. Yeah. And liking you is, 
there are two sides to liking you because I want to like you, Angela, as a nice person, but I, I want to actually see that you're like me, Yes. you know, and, and if you're like me and you understand what it's like for me as a mum of young family, that too, it's so important. We're very it, deep down and not all that deep down neurologically. We're, we're very selfish. We care about ourselves mm -hmm. and we want people to know what it's like to be me. That's, yeah. that's all we really care about. That's, which is why we're saying, look, stop talking about chiropractic, solve people's problems, do that side of things there too. And it, it, it brings us back kind of full circle because you, if you're trying to communicate to everybody, the problem of the headache is very different from the young mum than it is from the teenager, from the athlete, from the corporate person to the baby boomer. You name it. They're very different emotional reasons in behind how it's impacting them. And our message must communicate and be able to to dock in with somebody as much if not more on an emotional level than it does on that logical level that's why choosing a niche is so damn important mm, i absolutely agree with you that uh, emotional component is i love the uh, the analogy of the elephant and the rider so the rider is your logic the elephant is the emotion and you know if the rider is not giving clear direction and the uh, the emotions take over the elephant's going to run away with the rider at any moment. Yeah. So harnessing the emotional aspect, speaking to the emotion will drive somebody to your clinic, to your practice to get the help they need, as opposed to just talking to the logic, talking to the rider. Yeah. And that's what we do in a lot of our marketing. A lot of our media is logic, 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 because you know, we focus on the education, but we don't focus on the emotional aspect of it. That, that is what will get somebody in the door and keep them with you. Yeah, it's, it's important. Um, can I share some thoughts on how people might choose their first niche? Yeah, absolutely. I did want to go down that way and, and ask you about that. Before I do, though, a quick question for you. What is your niche? Okay. What's your niche? Well, it depends. So as a chiropractor, who do I love looking after? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So my niche that I love looking after as a chiropractor, his name is Brendan. Yeah. Um, and he's a mid-50-year-old guy. Um, he's super active um, in terms of, you know, golf and gym and all those kind of things there too. And he has really terrible low back pain. Now, the low back pain is a bother for him because he, it makes him feel much older than what he is. So it's not just about the pain that is there, but he's noticing that, you know, he's not able to golf on the weekend. It's starting to impact his performance at the gym. He loves his work and this now is robbing him of his energy. And so he's starting to feel a whole bunch more vulnerable than he did beforehand. And so Brendan is looking for a way to not only get rid of his low back pain, but he wants to maintain his youth as well. So that's who my target market is for the practice. Beautifully so described. Quite, I can actually yeah. see him. <laughs> yeah. vision of him right there in front yeah. of me which makes your marketing all your material when you put that out in the conversations you have so much easier when you're speaking to um, a real avatar yes yeah and so i've gone through that stage you talked about before you know i've done i have a picture for brendan as, as well when i'm mm -hmm. and, and if i'm making a video i'm thinking about brendan i'm thinking about what what help does he need mm -hmm. Because all of our content, really, that we're sharing, whether it be via, we'll talk about kind of email marketing later or whatnot, all my content is designed with this to get Brendan one step closer to the health outcome that he's looking for. That's it. 
simply put, that's the kind of content that I'm creating with it. And as I do that, I build massive amounts of trust with Brendan. I start to initiate that law of reciprocity, all those kind of things that are what, what come from it. What I, what I hear in your voice and what I'm really loving is that you are so clear so clear on who Brendan is so that, you know, at any stage, there's no wavering. It's you, you've got complete intent for Brendan's well-being, what his aspirations are, what he wants out of life. And I imagine that makes your marketing a lot more focused and a lot more cost effective as well. Yeah, it, 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 it's certainly all of those things. It's certainly a lot more effective um, mm. because it does break through those noise, but it, it brings a whole bunch of clarity too. So, because, yeah. Once, once we answer that first question of mm. what problem am I solving and who am I committing to in my community to provide value to, once I've answered that question, the next question I can answer then is how do I provide value to them? I could, mm. then, then it can help because so many times people will come to me. I'm such a huge fan of creating video content. It's, yes, it's at are. this stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great it's medium. A, it's a great medium. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But people get stuck, Angela, with, well, what do I create? And you go, well, that's, that's not a content creation problem. That's a niche problem. You don't know who you're communicating to. Mm -hmm. And invariably, and I love the state because whenever I have this conversation with somebody and I give them the homework to come to, and I remember the gorgeous Lisa, who uh, I, I've done lots of work with over the last couple of years, she now just creates the most stunning content on her Instagram. She's never, she said, I have too much content to create because she understands her audience and she's just constantly thinking about solving their problems and mm. whether she's interviewing another local shoe store, whether she's down at the organic produce store, whether she's out at her family farm, she can forever take any situation, spin around it and make that be valuable to her audience mm. because she knows who she's talking mm. to. So, Can, it, I, back, it can I backtrack there for a minute? Is that okay if I backtrack? No, so people go, well, who's Lisa? What I haven't mentioned at all yet about you is that you have your own program a uh, membership program that healthcare practitioners can sign up for where you effectively provide them with these skill sets and the strategies to be able to identify who their target market is and get their marketing out there so um, that's the community sorry community influencer membership program yes. is that correct uh, yes. and I have stalked you and it is Apps, I'm, I'm, in, I'm envious that you've created something so beautiful. Um, but that's, that's really where, you know, in case everyone's going, wow, how does Angus know so much about all this marketing? It's because he walks it, talks it, and then teaches it, which is a very valuable way to make sure that you've got everything, all your ducks in a row, if you like. Um, so can I go back then? And mm. you're saying, oh, how do we get our niche? So that's once, let's have a chat about that. How would yeah. you advise to, to, how do you find your target part, target patient? How do you get your niche? Yes. So I want to reiterate the point that I said before is that this is, this is not marriage. This is not a, a relationship that you're committing to for the rest of your life. In, when I first started in practice, I thought I really wanted to deal with um, elite athletes and I worked very hard at it. I, I got, looking after a lot of our Australian swim team. And I very soon realized that they were incredibly hard work to look after. Most of them, as a practitioner, first of all, most of them just needed a rest. I didn't realize actually how unhealthy elite athletes are, that they're on the, because of the volume of training and particularly our swimmers, I mean, they're spending hours inside a chlorinated pool, which is not good for them. Hours of repetition movement of their shoulders. So you can imagine what their shoulders and their necks are like. And then the other side of that too, 
So first of all, they were very difficult to look after. And the other side of things that I realised too is it was almost seen as a privilege for me to be able to look after them. So many times I was traveling all over the place, working outside of hours to look after them for nothing, because apparently it's a privilege to look after lead athletes. And I realized I had these mums and dads in my practice that loved what I did, were way more respectful of my time and were happy to pay me for it. I went, ah, I don't know about this elite athlete sort of things too. So I, I, I changed with that too. And you, you can do this. And so start off and be very gentle with yourself and saying, look, this, I don't have to commit to these people for the rest of my life. But there's two questions that I would suggest that you start with. The very first question, and I, it's, it's in this order that I think you should ask them, who do I love looking after? Just, just that, like, who do I, who do I, do I love looking after? You know, we've talked about thyroid problems, period pain, sciatica, old people, young people. Like, is there a person in your practice at the moment that when he or she or they come in, that you're just, you're really looking forward to it because, you know, you, you, they're a, a person that you can relate with. You know, um, I really quite like looking after older folks in my practice. There's been a time when I used to really like looking after kids and stuff like that. And I've got another chiropractor with me. I funnel all the kids and the newborn babies to Kirby now. She adores that. It's not that I dislike them. They're just not in my wheelhouse. They're too. So who do, who do you love to look after? And it might be a moment to think, I bet somebody comes straight into your mind right now. So first question, who do I love looking after? And then the second question there, who do I get great results with? So, because the reason I want you to ask it in those, that way there too, because if there are people that you get great results with, but if I were to give you another 10, 20 or 30 of these people over the next month to look after, and if you weren't excited to go to work, that'll, it'll flow through. So who do I love looking after and who do I get great results with? So if somebody comes in with period pain, you'd like just, yes, I know what that is. I know, you know, the, the imbalances chemically that tend to be there. I know the lifestyle stresses they're most likely to be under. And I know that if I do step one through five with these people, the vast majority of them are going to get wonderful results. Start there. They're the two questions. Again, who do I love to look after and who do I get great results with? And then start to play with it. Don't make it any more complicated than that. And then you can start to dive in. There are other questions, Angela, that we want to know about these people. Things like, what are their fears and frustrations? What are their hopes and dreams that they are, they are wanting to, to head towards? What are the biggest barriers and uncertainties that these people might have with regards to? Because we have to think about this as natural health practitioners, we have to be okay with the idea that we're not people's first choices. Um, very rarely are people coming to me as a chiropractor first off. They've been through the hoop lots of other places. And I would suggest that the situation is probably true with naturopaths and Chinese men. So, you know, they're like, are they quacks? Is he going to hurt me? Are they educated? Why does my health insurance not pay for this? All of those kind of things. They're the kind of, once we know fears and frustrations, uh, hopes and dreams, barriers and uncertainties, we can subtly start to address all of these things in our marketing. We can start to put all these things in and we can start to answer questions. So, as we're going through a digital relationship and through what's often referred to as the customer journey, there's a number of touch points that we need to have there. And we'd like to architect it throughout that, those, that customer journey that we tick all those things off. We talk about that we're safe, we're gentle, we're effective, we're educated. We can start to bring some authenticity in, the, in terms of research that we're talking about, all those kind of things as, as well. So that'll help. They're the other things. So once you've gone through, who do I love to look after? Who do I get great results with? Then dive deep in and start to ask yourself, fears and frustration, 
hopes and dreams, barriers and uncertainties. Once you start to understand this kind of stuff there too, and you know, I often talk about you need to know this person better than your mum knows you. When you really, the greatest, one of the greatest tools that you can have as a marketer and as a practitioner is, is empathy and compassion. Like just, you know, like get into it. Like I really, like I know Brendan and I know what it's like to be where he is. And although he's a little bit older than where, um, what I am age wise too, I've had a really cranky back and I felt what that did to my levels of vulnerability and also my mortality. It was like, wow, hang on. At that stage, I was in my late thirties and I went, heck, what is this? So I, I, when I'm communicating with him, like I, I know what it's like. You don't have to have been the patient, but yet, but we have this thing called empathy, which allows us to teleport into somebody else's too. So there are really important skills to, to develop with regards to that also. Mm, uh, that's, that's really helpful, actually, very much so. So there's some really good tips. And I think even if, even if the listeners just started with that and they found their version of Brendan, I think would be a really good, really good place to start. Now, once you've actually got your, once you've actually got your Brendan, once you've got your target patient, the next thing is, you know, obviously the message that's going to go out to them. Sometimes people walk into our practice. Sometimes they find us regardless of our messaging anyway. Mm. Um, but sometimes we need a way to be able to entice them in, you know, for them to start to know, like, and trust us. Yes. And as I said right at the beginning, you know, a different way of marketing or a different way of, of building that relationship with that ideal patient is through email marketing. And so, you know, I have a coaching business myself, but the, with that, um, you know, talking to practitioners about how they actually set up their emails. It's yes. not just, you can't just have, oh, would you like to be on my newsletter? And, you know, send them out a newsletter once every quarter or whatever it's going to be. Um, it's got to be more than that. And it can't be just a thank you very much for, for coming, a follow-up email. It has to be more of a systemized, planned process to really build that relationship and, and um, build that loyalty that comes mm. with that. So I noticed in your community influencer membership program that you have a module there on email marketing. So can mm. you give our listeners a bit more information about how that process works, the automation of yeah. the emails, the content of the emails, even the aim of the emails. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. There, um, there is talk around, you know, people talk about email is dead and we're, we're all getting more and more emails inside um, our email inbox, which makes it harder for us to get through. But in some ways that's a good thing because the value of it's going up and I'm guessing most of the listeners will have two, if not three emails. We have the email that we give out to anybody. And then we have the email that we give out to just important people. Our goal is to get that email address because that's, you know, it's something very important that, you know, if once, you know, I'm holding my phone up here as well. It's this a very intimate device. And if you can be getting inside of there, we, the vast majority of people scarily, the very first thing they do when they get up within you know, the first five minutes is they check their email. And a significant number of them check the email before they even check their social media. So it's, it, it is a very special place. And if we can get inside there, it's the first step towards us building a relationship. Now, <clears throat> once upon a time, just having a website was a really big deal and it had you ahead of the competition. 
and now everyone has a website. And in those early days there, if you just had something up there that said, hey, I want to get my weekly, monthly, quarterly newsletter, I was like, yeah, man, because email is exciting and this isn't exciting. And we would have put that in there. But nowadays what's happened is that already my email address is, my email inbox is way too full. Why would I want something more from you? And I might not really know you, Angela, so why would I give that to you? So what we need to create instead is that if the email address has value, then we need to create an ethical bribe that has equal value to them that they'll be happy to exchange their email address for. So what could I exchange for this person that they'd be happy to, to give me their uh, email address? Now, I think in terms of a metaphor, Angela, the thing I love thinking about with regards to this is when you're walking down a pier, imagine those kind of big orange kind of lifesaver boys. Yep. Now, know what I mean? Okay. Yep. Now, that lifesaver boy is incredibly valuable to a very small percentage of people. As I'm on the pier, it's not valuable to me. If I'm in the water and I can swim, it's not valuable to me. But if I'm in the water and I can't swim and I'm struggling, then all of a sudden that boy there is incredibly valuable. So what you cannot create is a piece of content and ethical bribe that's valuable to everybody. It comes back to this niche marketing thing that we we're talking about before. So trying to create that mythical piece of content video series checklist, all those kind of things that doesn't exist. You want to come back to what we talked about to begin with is our uh, woman who's having period pain. What could be valuable to her? Um, so maybe it's a checklist that, you know, perhaps it was a checklist of, you know, the 15 most common foods that can either aggravate or, um, you know, make period pain worse. You know, maybe it's um, a list of you know, five supplements that you could buy that are great for natural pain relief. You know, maybe it's a stress relaxing technique. Maybe it's, you know, five things that you're doing probably right now that are making your period pain worse. What is the piece of content that could be a video, a checklist, um, an infographic that we could have as an ethical bribe that this woman right now would go, yes, that's my lifesaver. That's literally what we want out when we're thinking about that. Now, the great thing about this too is there's been a shift in time because four or five years ago, what used to work really great, Angela, was a five-part video series or an ebook that was 50 pages long. Like nowadays, we're all too busy for that. So don't give me a five-part video series. Give me a 15-minute video. Give me a three-page report. Even better, give me a one-page checklist. You know, give me an infographic. So it doesn't what, what we're not expected to do with this piece of content is solve all of her problems. I said this before, what we're wanting to do is get her one step closer to the health outcome that she's looking at. So that's where the relationship starts. And if you think about this metaphorically, is that this is date number one. This is us going up to somebody and saying, hey, would you like to kind of meet me for a drink, a coffee, whatever it is there too. And if we go up and present our way in a way that's likable, that's polite, all those kind of things there too. The goal of this piece of content is to get us to the first date. It's not to get us to marriage. It, it, that's, it's unrealistic to think that we could walk into a bar or wherever and ask the first pretty guy or gal to marry us and for that to be a successful relationship. Now, once we've got that email address, 
I touched on before this concept called the customer journey. And the customer journey is not just for us as health practitioners, it's across anywhere. And it's the time it takes for you to go from virtually unknown to your audience all the way through to, Angela, the time when they're happy saying, you know what, I'm going to make an appointment with Angela. They can have the confidence of that. Now, the time frame varies depending on industry and the number of touch points as well. But there was about $6 billion worth of Facebook ad spend that was looking at time it took for someone to go unknown for a brand to when they made their first purchase. And the average length was 43 days. So what that means is that we need to then architect and sculpt a conversation, which we can all do automatically, between you and the person that's having the period pain, at least over the next, because this is one of the reasons that people often, let me take a sidestep for a moment, we go, I kind of did that email marketing thing, they downloaded my lead magnet or my content, I sent them three emails, um, and they never made an appointment, it doesn't work. I go, no, no, it doesn't, what? It's not that it didn't work, it's that you didn't work. It takes a long time to do this. And for those of you that are prepared to play the longest game, you're the ones that will be the most successful. Attention is what we're after. And authentic relationships take time. And if you try and accelerate that too fast, you look pushy and needy and no one wants to go to a pushy or needy practitioner. Cool news is, is that you can automate all of this. So when somebody first comes into my practice, and whether it be from my website or whether it be from something I've posted online and they end up downloading one of my pieces of content. The first automated sequence that we have afterwards is called a sales sequence. And it's not, it's a kind of bit of enough name for it because we think like we're trying to, and what we're doing in that first sequence there is that we're really addressing those things I talked about before fears and frustrations. Uh, what are their barriers and uncertainties and looking towards the, hopes and dreams. So in the first stages through there, it'd be a great, and again, here in Australia, uh, actually, as naturopaths, you definitely can. This would be a fabulous spot in these first six to 10 emails for you to share some of your success stories. So if you're allowed to do a testimonial as a chiropractor, we're not, but I think naturopaths are allowed to do testimonials, Angela, is that right? Here in There's different regulation, different states, my understanding is. Yes. Anyway, so if you are allowed to, and again, check your regulations, you could um, absolutely, testimonial would be great. You would start to address some of the other concerns they might have. How long would I need to come and see you? Will it hurt? What are the costs that are involved there too? You know, we would start to address all of those kind of things and we would just pick them off each time that we would go through and share a short little brief email that, you know, and for instance, in my follow-up sequence, you know, I, there's an email in there that just says something like, hey, I bet you've heard this beforehand. Once you go to a chiropractor, you always have to go to a chiropractor. And then I say, we hear it all the time. And in this short email, I just want to clean that up for you. And then I explain, hey, listen, you know, chiropractic is like going to the gym. You know, the longer you do it, the better it is for you. But the truth is you continue to come and see me for as long as you want, not for as long as I want. Hope that clears it up over and out, Angus. So that's a part of a sequence there where I'm addressing all of those things. It's very conversational. It's short. It's to the point. One of the emails you should absolutely have, and again, this is another writer down gang, okay, is what's often referred to as a nine-word email. You definitely want this as a part of your automated sequence there as well. It came from the amazing Dean Jackson. I definitely didn't invent this as well. And it's just an email 
um, that if we know that this person came in, Angela, because they were having period pain, the email would be just this. It's to the first name, it would be, hi, Angela, are you still having period pain? Question mark, Angus. That's it. Now, the goal of that email is really simple, is I want to get into a dialogue with you. It's set up to have you respond so I can, because you'll either say yes or no. And if you say, no, it's gone, I'm going to high five you back and go, fabulous. What have you done? What happened? And if they say, yes, I'm still having it. Then I, I want to start an online consultation mm -hmm. where, here's what's important, gang. We're always being cool and helpful. Nothing else. This is not some influence manipulation strategy because if that's the intent behind it, you'll suck at it. It won't work. You'll look pushy and needy. This whole thing will be a failure. But I will reach back out in that situation. I would probably say, I'm so sorry to hear that, Angela. Tell me more about that. That's it. And that what I'm wanting to do is see if I can get a dialogue with you. And then we go back and forwards, back and forwards. And usually after two or three emails, I will invite you into the practice. Okay, Angela, that sounds like the kind of thing that we see all the time. And we get great results with women with period pain, particularly in your circumstances. Would you like to come in for a consultation so I can run some further tests? And, and it's, it's so natural and friendly and it's the way that I would talk to you if I met you out at a cocktail party, at a birthday party. We just, it's how normal conversation happens mm -hmm. with people. That definitely needs to be in your automated sequence. Now, can if I, sorry, I get... Just ask, sorry, can I just ask a question there? With the nine word email, the nine yes. words, so to speak, are in the body of the email or and what yes. do you put in the... What do you put in the now, title? For the subject line, great question. The subject line, I put your name in there. Okay, okay. we all love to see our name. So subject line will be Angela, just your first name. Mm -hmm. um, and then the email is, are you still having problems with X? So if the lead magnet came in was from period pain, from back pain, from headaches, fertility issues. I want to ask that question there too. Mm. And it's so, I was touching base with um, one of my coaching clients who's got all this set up. And I said, how's it going? He said, nothing yet. And I generally have that as about email four, <laughs> which means it's kind of eight days afterwards. And the time it took for me to get back and ask where it was, it came back. He cut and paste the email because look what came back. And I went, yes, David, it's wonderful because we get to start having conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this woman was uh, uh, thankful. She, your emails have been so great. And I've been looking for someone like you for so long. And then it got into this whole dialogue that it, it was just like one person talking to another. Um, you know, so you need to be responding to those emails. You need to, whilst the whole thing is automated, when the response comes back, that's time to bring the human side mm -hmm. into things. So... The, the nine words, and it might not be nine words, but, you know, high name, are you still having problems with X? You know, yep. that's it. Are you still having period pain? Don't be tempted to put any more than that in it. The more words you put after that, the less likely they will to respond. Mm -hmm. um, you want to leave it open so it looks like a response is, and it's very hard not to respond to those emails when you send them out. That's awesome. And what do you use to automate? MailChimp, or do you have a different program? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> the ACE news is now is there's so many great products whether it be um mailchimp or active campaign or drip um they're ones uh, the two i would suggest that are really great i love active campaign and mailchimp mailchimp used to be really lacking in features one of the things that we will want to do and not but to throw out something a little bit more fancy is that we want to be creating tags in around people on our email list that just knows what they might be interested in period, pain, fertility issues, weight loss. So again, we're good at talking and communicating to them. Because ideally, once you get 
more advanced with this and you start to layer on top, you've got um, that ethical bribe that's for period pain, you've got another ethical bribe that's for weight loss, you've got another one that's for sciatica. You, you want multiples of these all going at once and the beautiful thing is they're all automated. It's no more effort for you. And then hopefully you've got multiple conversations coming back into you that you're just starting to get this dialogue going um, back and forwards. But in terms of tools and resources, better now than ever. Okay. So can I come back into that? Because you just brought up something then that's um, really fascinating. Is you've got all these different complaints that you've got these different automated nine-word emails to go to for the different patient yes. problems, um, and they're all quite different problems that the patients have. Yet they're all still your target market. They, they, yeah, they absolutely they could be, and they could be just hitting it from different. So. This will happen with levels of sophistication. So you're not, so let's just say that quarter one, our focus was all around um, period pain. And so as a result with that, I had some ethical bribes all set up and that's going. So when I get into quarter two, I'm still going to have that ethical bribe going around in the background and, and people will, so in the same way that there, for some people that are listening to this podcast, whatever episode this one is now, this will be the first episode they ever listen to right? Mm -hmm. And then if they like it, they'll start to binge going back and they'll find the other content there as well. So the great 12 weeks of content that we created for our, our woman with period pain, it exists forever. And when we get things set up right, and maybe in another episode, we can talk about how to do that. But, but people will be finding that content next week, next month, next year, and it's all automated and it's feeding them in. And then quarter two, we've decided that, you know what, we're leaping into spring and it's time for detox. That's what we're going to be all talking about. So the whole thing is about detoxing and what that means and how to do it properly, the right way, the wrong way. And therefore, we've created another lead magnet with that. And then the next quarter after that, what we're doing now is stress and anxiety. And so that way, by the time we get to the end of year number one, we've, we've got four campaigns all going on mm -hmm. that could be laid over the top of each other with that happening. And or you might find that you just really love looking after women with period pain and you just continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with regards to that for the whole year. But that's, that level of sophistication is not what we would set up from day one. It's, it would, it's overwhelming, um, mm. to be honest. And I'm not, you know, I, I still think best practices are is that, you know, you might have a couple of different audiences that you like looking after, but just keep with that. This doesn't mean, because you'll have ways inside once you're communicating with people of showing them that there are other things that you help with. And that, that could be part of what we refer to as a nurture sequence after they go through that sales sequence. Can I explain about that? Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So someone's that, that initial sales sequence there, which is really focused at addressing those initial problems. And it, most emails are going to finish inviting them to come into your practice, which just is saying, Hey, listen, if you want some more one-on-one -on -one help with this, come into the practice. And then you might say it a different way. Hey, if you want some more one-on-one -on -one help with this, just reply to this email. Mm. If you want some more one-on-one -on -one help with this, I do phone consults. I'm happy to get on the phone with you for five minutes and chat through and see if I can give you some direction. So we're going to give different invitations in those first six to 10 emails that might look like respond to this email, have a phone conversation or come to the practice. And we're going to be constantly doing those. And it might feel like there's lots of repetition there. Am I being pushy? If we're, if we're leading first with value and teaching them something and then an invitation, it's totally cool. And they don't see most of them anyway. It might seem to you like I'm inviting them, inviting them, inviting them, inviting them all the time. Mm. The, it's important to realize that the vast majority of people that go through that sales sequence will not make an appointment. 
and, and we're totally okay with that because we have a follow-up sequence afterwards. It's called a nurture sequence, which means somewhere between once a week to at the absolute most once a month, you're sending an email to your audience and you're just providing helpful content. Now, these people might have come in for lots of different reasons. Again, they might have come in from period pain, or, but you're constantly sharing information with them that might be helpful for them. Hey, do you know how to choose the right fish oil? So many of the ones that you're buying at the supermarket aren't worth the container that they come in. When you're looking to buy fish oil, here's the right way to do it. So you're constantly adding value to them inside of there. There was another piece of research on consumer kind of purchasing, Angela, that showed that... <clears throat> And they took a group of people who had interest in buying something. So let's just say, look, I'm actually interested in finding a naturopath, going to see a chiropractor. What they found were them, they followed them through time and only 15% of those had actually taken an action and made an appointment or made a buying decision in the first nine months. So if you don't, this is what I come back to before, if you don't have a follow-up sequence that goes mm -hmm. for nine months or longer, then you're missing out on 85% of the people that have actually said, I want to come and see you. I'm interested. But your potential patients' lives are like your life. They're full of distraction. They're busy. They've got other things they're thinking about. And often they're putting, like many of us, their health on the back burner until they find that perfect time to actually come and see. So the more that you can be present and popping into their email inbox every week saying, hi, remember me, I'm the local naturopath and I'm cool and helpful and I'm constantly helping you, then it, the interesting thing is not only, I have so many people that refer to me in practice that have never come to see me, but they're on my email list and they get my helpful videos and I'm their chiropractor. They just don't feel like they need me at the moment. <laughs> so, you know, it's an interesting concept and if it works, it's great. So you can be doing that same concept there mm. of, you know, regularly sharing information that is valuable to people. That's remember, it's not about us as practitioners. Solve a problem each week. Solve a problem um, but with your emails, and that's that's email marketing. Yeah, I think that is just really impactful and and powerful. There's also a lot of intricacies that are uh, around that. So you know, obviously, practitioners who think, oh yeah, you know, that sounds really intriguing. We just need to do a bit of a little bit more work, a little bit of background knowledge on, on how to do that. You have your own podcast station. I do. Yes, I do. I do. Is there yes. a podcast on that? On that? Um, I, I, in the hundred and four episodes that I've done of the Marketing Your Practice podcast, yeah, we've talked all about email. Um, you know, I, I've talked about Instagram and different areas of social media. Th th there's a lot that has been covered there, um, mm -hmm. and. The, the, you know, there's not a lot that you can't find with a Google search too now, which is yeah, wonderful. Absolutely, I'll put you I'll know, put a link to your podcast in the show notes anyway. Yes, so that people yeah. can have a little listen and get more of you, which I'm sure that they they do want. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to cover off, or something that you know is like really really poignant for practitioners when they're focusing on their target market or focusing on the email sequence? Yeah, I think this, I want to kind of go back to where we started with, which is that marketing is not about you. It's about you better serving your community, first of all. And that what, what you're doing is as a marketer is that you're getting people engaged with a future result that's good for them. When marketing is built upon a mission and a vision like that, and it's not about, because it it's, can be tricky um, setting up a camera in front of you and shooting video 
and there's all the things inside it. There's the fear of being seen. Um, what do people think? All those kind of things. And I still, I, I've been making videos for a long time now. I still think about that too. But what's more important for me, whether I be shooting a video for my chiropractic practice, is I, I'm more worried about Brendan. Like I've just, mm. I, I've seen too many Brendans who end up having surgery. I've seen too many nowadays Brendans who end up on opiate drugs and end up addicted to those. That that's enough to get me out of my my fear of doing that. Mm. And so. You know, another one of these cliche things that I perhaps will leave you with with regards to your marketing. And these are all strategies. Sometimes we get stuck in the tactics, but if we start with our strategies first, and that is this, if you're marketing, and this is the old Zig Ziglar saying, is you just help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything that you want. If your practice is committed to solving the problems of your community, you'll have more new patients than you know what to deal with. Okay, mm. it's, it's wonderful. It's never been easier than mm. right now for us to be able to do things like that. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts, Angela. And thank you mostly for allowing me to further my mission by speaking to some of your audience today. I oh, greatly appreciate absolutely. that also. How, how can people find you? Where, where's the best place for them to come looking for you? If they yeah. need their back fixed, if they are a Brendan or they know a Brendan, where do they send them to? Uh, and yeah, also so interested in the a program that you have for practitioners as well. Yeah. So life chiropractic port Melbourne, um, dot com dot au. So that's the first spot that you could find me there as well. That's if you're wanting a hand with your health as a, with me as a chiropractor. Mm. Um, I, I'm only there a couple of mornings a week now, so it's a bit tricky. I'm, I'm, I have a long waiting list of people wanting to come and see me because I've compressed my hours so much, but I have another gorgeous chiropractor Kirby who works with me. Who's mm. extraordinary. She's just one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. um, if you're wanting a hand with your marketing, then there'd be two spots I would suggest you have a look. Check out my podcast, which is the Marketing Your Practice podcast, or you can head on over to Adio Media. So that's A-D-I-O media.com. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's more free information there than you would know what to do with it will kind of take you through a journey of all the conversations that we've had. There's lots of videos and bits and pieces there that are, um, are helpful for you. And you'll find a spot there that you can reach out and email me if you want some personal help. Absolutely. And that's, that's really generous of you to have all of that free content for practitioners that really do need to, to know the way how they can help other people more effectively. So just before we finish up, if that's all right with you, the yes. name of this podcast is Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. And I feel that I've found another giant today. So to help people stand on your shoulders, what advice might you have for practitioners? Um, it's such a great name in terms of, you know, that concept of standing because it, it, it reflects to me that, um, firstly, is that you don't have to be responsible for everything. You know, we've talked a lot about marketing. You don't have to learn it. Um, there's a great Dan Sullivan book that talks about who, not how. So rather than trying to work out how to do it um, yourself, find out who can show you how to do this and whether that, it's one of the things that's so fabulous about um, Metagenics, for instance. It's, it's such a generous team of whenever I, you know, if I'm looking for content, let's go in around fish oils, for instance, something like that. And it, rather than me trying to find all the content, I just ring up Metagenics and say, what should I look for this? What's great about this? What does fish oils do? Those kind of stuff. All of a sudden, there's all my content there too. So I, I, I think you don't have to be responsible for all of it. Um, you know, get a team of people who can help to guide you, who share your values. Find find your team of people and st stick with them. You know, that's the problem. You've got to get rid of the kind of bright, shiny object 
thing as, as well. Uh, build a team, go narrow and deep and, you know, learn from somebody. I think that would be, that's how you get the most out of standing on the mm -hmm. shoulders of giants is just stick with one person at a time or a few at a time there too and, and, and let them help you. Oh, that is really great advice. And I imagine that will contribute vastly to reducing burnout levels in uh, so many practitioners when they've got other people they can work with. So thank you again. Uh, you did allude to us doing another podcast, which I absolutely think that that is going to be on the cards some stage oh, in the future. So we'll link that up be again. An honour. As you can see, Angela, it doesn't take a lot to get me wound up and talking about this <laughs> stuff here too. So apologies uh, for my monologues and rambles um as as well so um thank so you I very love, much love an injection of passion <laughs> yes thank you thank you so much thank you for listening to the metagenics best practice podcast find us on itunes and leave a review join our practitioner only metagenics facebook group to be informed of new podcast releases keep up to date with key industry updates and more visit metagenics.com.au to find useful links and resources relating to this podcast and sign up to our e-newsletter.